Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Whether you're lost 
whether you're saved, whether you know Christ or not, you begin to rebel against God's truth in your life, and it will cost you dramatically. Amen. Because Samson, notice with me, we see the, uh, mentioned hurriedly, the classification of a rebellious relationship. Look at verse number three with me. Young people, you turn your ears in real close to this. Amen. Verse number three. The Bible says that Samson's already been to Timnath. He's already, he's already saw a woman there and he's began a re rebellious relationship with her. Notice this, verse number three. Samson came back home to mom and dad. And the Bible said, And his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never, uh, is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And notice the response of Samson to his parents. He says, He said unto his father, Dad, get her for me. For she pleaseth me well. I don't know about you, but if I would have said that to my dad, there would have been problems at the house. Amen. <laughs> Samson looked at his dad and said, Dad, you do this for me because this is what pleases my flesh. This is what I want. Amen. It was, it was parentally rebellious. He rebelled against the God-given authority in his young life. And young people, can I just submit to you today, you don't need to rebel against your parents. Amen. Amen. Do you thank God for them? Amen. The Bible says in Job 12, 12, with the ancient is wisdom and in length of days understanding. Uh, they knew, they know a little bit more than you think they do. Amen. Yeah. Uh, they're just trying to help you. Amen. If Samson would have listened to his parents, uh, he probably would have been able to keep his eyes. He probably would have been able to keep his life. He probably would have been the greatest champion that Israel had ever seen if he had just listened to mom and dad. Amen. Yeah. Not only was it parentally rebellious, but can I tell you this? It was also biblically rebellious. You know, the Word of God said, the law of God that Samson is supposed to be following. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 7, 3, neither talking about these Philistines, talking about those that are not of the camp of Israel. He said, neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter shalt not, uh, thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. The forming of these relationships were rebellious. The law of God said, you don't do that. And Samson said, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what God's law says. I'm going to do that which pleases me. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've, I've looked at a lot of people and that's been the cry of their heart. Yeah. I'm going to do, no matter what the preacher says, no matter what God says, no matter what my family says, no matter who it, who, no matter who, uh, whose authority I have to rebel against, I'm going to have my own way. Amen. Yeah. Biblically rebellious. There's people, our churches are filled with people that are rebelling against God's authority. And I'm not talking about the pastor's authority. And I do believe in pastoral authority. Amen. But pastoral authority is not what you're really going to have to stand before on the day of judgment. Amen. I believe God's going to hold you accountable for that. But I don't want to step over the Bible either when it comes time to be judged by the Lord. Amen. 
the forming of these relationships were rebellious. But then the function of these relationships were rebellious. And I won't get too detailed with this, but in chapter number 14, we find a woman that he saw in Timnath, the eyes, the seeing. Uh, the Bible says that if you look on a woman, a woman with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery with her already in your heart. Men, I wonder how many under the sound of my voice today are adulterers in the eyes of God. Samson saw what he was looking for, by the way. Amen. If you're looking for God, you'll find it. You're looking for God in these services, you'll find it. But if you're looking for sin, I promise the devil will allow you to find that too. Amen. The Bible says here that there was a woman in Timnath that he saw. The Bible says in chapter number 16, there was a harlot in Gaza that he saw. And then there was a there was Delilah in verse number 4 of chapter number 16 that he loved. Amen. I'll deal with that more in a minute. But the function of these relationships were rebellious. These were physical relationships. These were uh, these were uh, these were sensual relationships. Amen. Outside of the bond of marriage, and can I say this? Any physical relationship outside of the bonds of marriage. Is still a sin against God. Amen. Most preachers won't tell you that. Smiley Joe won't tell you that. Amen. But can I tell you this? God still says it. Amen. We've seen the classification of these relationships are rebellious. But I want us to notice, and this will be the main crux of the message this morning. This morning, I want us to see the culmination of rebellious relationships. Look at this with me. I noticed as I studied, I noticed as I studied that there were uh, three results of Samson's rebellious relationships and what they produced in his life. Amen. And can I say this before I get any further? You don't have to be in a physical relationship with a person to have a rebellious relationship in your life. That's right. Amen. Any relationship that takes you away from this book, any relationship that takes you away from the house of God, any relationship that takes you away from drawing closer to God and being a better Christian and being more sold out for Him, any relationship that does that, I promise you, is a relationship of rebellion. If you need to deal with it, not tonight, not tomorrow, you need to deal with it now. Amen. During that 10 minute break here, just a little while, deal with it. Amen. I don't care if you come to the for now. If you need to deal with it, deal with it. Amen. Deal with it. Amen. Do business with God. I would not leave today until I've done business with God. Amen. Notice this, number one, we see real hurriedly, we see here that the, these, rebe these rebellious relationships caused his discernment to be dimmed. Look with, it, look with me at the text, chapter number 14 and verse number 1, and chapter number 16 and verse number 1. The Bible makes mention of what Samson saw. Look at chapter 14, verse 1. The Bible said, And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. The Bible said that he saw a woman. Chapter 16 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Then went Samson to Gaza, and saw there a harlot. And notice what it says in the next phrase. And went in unto her. The Bible said that he saw the woman in Timnath. And then he, the Bible says that he saw the harlot in Gaza. We see if you look real close and you let the Lord teach you some things here. You will see Samson's discernment put on display. This is God's man. This is God's leader. 
This is a man that God has risen up to not only be the spiritual leader in Israel, but he was supposed to be their physical leader as well. He was the one that was supposed to be making the decisions. He was the judge of Israel. He was supposed to judge spiritual. He was supposed to judge physical. And it was up to him which direction that the, the nation was going to go in. Pastors, can I remind you, and I know many of you have been pastoring a lot longer than me, but I have found out, and I know this, amen, that it is up to us what direction our churches go in. However we lead, that's how the church is going to go. Everything rises and falls on leadership, amen. If you have a strong leader, you have a leader that's where he needs to be, the church will be where it needs to be. The people will be where they need to be. But here we find Samson, he's in the role, but he's not doing what God has called him to do. He's operating on flesh. And can I tell you, I've listened to a lot of preaching, and I can tell you this from some of the things I've heard, many of the messages are based more on flesh than they are on the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Samson here is leading in the ways of his flesh. He, we see his discernment here. Notice that he was looking for girls when he should have been listening to God. He was seeking for companions when he should have been serving in his commission. Look at chapter number 14 and verse number 1 again. The Bible said that he found himself in Timnath. Notice what the Bible says. With a daughter of the Philistines. He demanded, that his, he demanded that his parents obey him, and he disobeyed them. And I cannot report this to you. This was not the will of God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. 1 Corinthians 7, verse number 1 says, Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good that a man for a man not to touch a woman. Amen. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Amen. Amen. Samson was supposed to be the epitome of spirituality, but we find him going his own way. Notice this. The first thing that he found was a daughter. Uh, first chapter 14, verse number 1. He found a daughter of the Philistines. When we find what he is saying and we find what the word of God says here, the word daughter is a pretty positive word. Amen. I don't have a daughter. I have a son. But I've never used the phrase my son in a negative light. When I hear the word son, I think about my son. I think of it positively. But he went from having a daughter, even though she was in Timnath, even though she wasn't what he was supposed to have, he still had a daughter. He didn't have one for long. Chapter 16, verse number 1, he trades in the dollar of chapter 14, verse number 1. He trades it in for a harlot. Chapter 16, verse number 1. And went in unto her. Do you see a degradation in his discernment? He started out with a dollar. Now he's going for a harlot. Samson's not making good decisions. And if you'd be honest with yourself, oftentimes, as well as me, if I'd be, off, I'd be honest with myself, we don't make the best decisions sometimes. We get in the flesh and we allow our discernment to be dim. We allow the discernment that we can have uh, that God gives us as the child of God. We allow it to be dim and we're making decisions. We're going to church. We're carrying our King James Bible. We're putting on our ties. We're putting on, uh, for those of you ladies, putting on your dresses. Amen. You're coming to the house of God and you're making spiritual decisions. 
Samson here, he's making decisions. He's telling his parents, I know what I'm doing. This is what pleases me. He's already came to the position in society based on positive decisions. He's came to the place based on the Spirit of God leading his life. But now he's no longer making spiritual decisions. Church, we need to check up and make sure what kind of decisions are we making. His discernment was dim. We see that here. I believe in chapter number 14 and verse number 1, I believe that this was a decision that uh, Samson believed that he could keep private. This was a sin that he believed that he could keep private. Notice it said that he went, he went to Gaza. He saw, excuse me, chapter 14, verse 1. He went to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and he told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to wife. It seems like he has good intentions. It seems like uh, he has marriage on the brain. But yet he's still not doing what God told him to do. I believe he thinks he can keep this secret. He thinks that there'll be no problem with this. I'm going to marry her. And Samson probably thought, I can change her son. She'll follow me. Amen. I know what kind of strong man I am. I know what kind of spiritual man I am. She'll follow me. Amen. Probably had the best of intentions. But it was still the wrong choice. It was still against the word of God. It was still, yes, there was some discernment, but he thought I could marry her and everything would be okay. That's good. But then we see the next decision that he makes. It shows his, his discernment being dim. Look at chapter 16 and verse number 1. The Bible said, I know you're going back and forth. Amen. The Bible said that Samson said to Gaza and saw there in Harlot and went in unto her. Look at verse number 2. It was told the Gazites saying, Samson has come hither. And they they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city. And were quiet all the night saying in the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. Uh-oh. Samson's decisions are about to cause some major problems in his life. Notice what he says. And I, can I say this before we read verse number 3? I'm amazed at what God puts up with us through for us. Amen. Amen. What God puts up with when it comes to us. Right. Samson here's made a very bad decision. He's looked his dad eyeball to eyeball and said, Brother, I don't care what you say. Rebel against his dad. Rebel against the word of God. He said, I don't care what your leadership is. I, you may be right, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm. Amen. Right. I can imagine being in that place. Now, this is the leader now. I, I have no doubt in my mind that most everybody here in this room is probably a good Christian. Tries to walk with God. Tries to read their Bible. Can I tell you this? You wouldn't be here on a Monday afternoon if you were not if, if you were not the cream of God's crop. Amen. I say that reverently. You want something for God, or else you wouldn't be here. Right. You want God to move in your life, or else you wouldn't be here. You're going to hear four preachers today. When Brother Williamson gets up, I promise he's going to take a few seconds to preach to you too. Amen. He's already done it a little bit. Amen. You're going to hear preaching all day long. If you didn't want nothing from God, brother, you wouldn't be here. You have to be here, but you wouldn't be here. But I have no doubt everybody here wants something from God. Everybody here desires something from the Lord. But can I report to you today that we oftentimes don't notice just a little sin, just a little flesh, just a little giving in. You still got discernment. 
You still know what God wants. I'm not, I'm not going to mess up all the way. Brother Williamson, I, I wonder how many preachers that we know have, have said in the time of weakness in their life, have said, I'm not going to completely compromise, but in my mind and in my heart, I'm going to be a little bit distant. I'm going to be a little bit detached. I know, I know how much prayer I need to pray before Sunday comes. I know how much study I need to put in before Sunday comes. Maybe there may be some of you in here that aren't preachers that are just faithful Christians who love the Lord. There may be things in your life that you just, it, it'll be okay if I just let this go for a little while. Samson said, I can just let this one conviction go and I'll be okay. Can I say the first sin, Samson probably thought he could keep private. This sin, can I tell you this, it almost cost Samson his life. Right. Look at verse number 3. Chapter 16. And Samson lay until midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them bar and all and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. The grace of God, the mercy of God on a rebellious Samson's life allowed him to escape. That's why I said a moment ago I'm amazed at what God puts up with. I'm amazed at what God, uh, he, he doesn't, I, I think about some of the sins and some of the attitudes and iniquities in my heart, uh, even as of late in many, in many cases, I think about things that go through my mind and how my flesh bothers me and how the devil tempts me and how I'm tempted oftentimes to lay some things down in my life and God knows it's there, but God still touches on Sunday morning. He still blesses the church. He still blesses is my family. He still lets me breathe another breath of life. Amen. Yes. It's amazing what God yes. puts up with. Yes. This sin almost cost Samson his life. Yes. Right. But look at verse number four. You see the, the dimming of his discernment, his spiritual discernment. There was a daughter. There was a harlot. He's going down. He could thought he could keep it private. It almost cost him his life. He's going down. He's being dimmed. Chapter 16, verse 4. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Chapter 14, verse number 1, Samson saw. Chapter 16, verse number 1, Samson saw. You talking about making the making the uh, making your discernment go all the way to the bottom. You talking about making decisions all the way to the bottom. He stopped just looking and he started loving the world. Can I tell you this? You will soon fall in love with what you look for. Oh, yeah. Amen. Your feet will take you toward what you're looking toward. Amen. Samson in his mind and in his heart said, I'll settle with just a look. I'll just look. I'll just maybe partake just a little bit. And he said, he said, I'm going to marry this woman in the best, in the best mind, in the best intentions possible. I'm going to marry this woman. Then he goes to the harlot and he said, I'm just going to enjoy her company for just a little while. But then I'm going to detach from that, never to go to her again. But then in his heart, he began to love what he looked for. The rebellion. Parental rebellion, the biblical rebellion, he began to fall in love with, and her name was Delilah. Can I tell you the sin that he committed with 
the lie because it, was, it wasn't it was in his hands and it wasn't on his mind, but it was in his heart now. That sin did not, was not private. It did not almost cost Samson his life. It did cost Samson his life. Yeah. You think about toward the end of the chapter where the Bible talks about how they plucked out his eyes. Can I submit to you, he lost his spiritual eyesight before he ever lost his physical eyesight. The reason why he lost his physical eyesight is because his spiritual eyesight was already gone. His discernment was dim. Notice this. His relationships rebellion caused his discernment to be dim. But then I also believe that it caused, number two, his difference to be dethroned. You think about the crowning glory in Samson's life. You know what it was? His difference. What set Samson apart from the rest? It was his Nazarite vow. Numbers chapter number 6 deals with the Nazarite vow. I won't take the time to read it, but you know what the Bible says about that Nazarite vow. He was to separate himself according to Numbers chapter number 6 and verse number 2 unto the Lord. He was supposed to be separated unto the Lord all the days of his life. They was not supposed to partake in wine or strong drink. He was not supposed, uh, he was not supposed to taste of the fruit of the vine. Uh, he was not supposed to let a razor come upon his head. And the Bible said that he was not supposed to come at any any dead body. He wasn't supposed to touch any dead thing. By the time we get to chapter number 16, he's already broken all, he's broken two of those three things that he'd, he would been, he'd been commanded to do as a Nazarite. He had allowed his discernment to be so dim that he began to lose the only difference he had that set him apart from everyone else. When they saw Samson, they didn't physically see him not putting wine to his lips. They did not physically see him not touching a dead body. The last thing that he had, that the visible, uh, the visible appearance of his difference was that long hair that had never been touched and no razor had ever come upon it. He'd already through that which you could not see away. But he still had physically what you could see. And can I tell you this today as I preach in churches and I spend time around people and I'm not talking about other denominations although I'm sure it's there. I'm around Baptists and what I see in Baptist churches is there are, there are people who they may still have outward signs of separation but they have already thrown away the things that you cannot see. They've already put it in file 13. They've already moved it away. They already have no concern about what you cannot see because you can't judge me on what you can't see. You don't know what my prayer life has been like this week. You don't know whether I've read one verse of scripture this week. As long as I put my tie on and I put my suit on and I look right, you think everything is okay. We'd be surprised how many people in our churches have allowed the devil to remove their difference. But you can't tell because they've got one thing left. They've got the hypocritical show. They know how they've been in church long enough. They know how to talk the talk. They know how to, at least as far as you're concerned, walk the walk around you. That they come up to you and say, Preacher, how are you doing? I hope you've had a good week. I'm praying for you. If you have some of these church members, they've thrown away their difference. They're operating in hypocrisy. But they'll say, Preacher, I'm looking forward to you preaching. Preach, preacher, preach. I can't wait for it. But they've already thrown away their difference. How many times have you told the preacher, I'm praying for you, and you've never prayed for him? 
How many times have you told someone, I love you, brother, but just a few minutes ago you were you were gossiping about them just around the corner? Yeah. You're throwing away the difference. Samson had thrown away the difference you couldn't see because he thought the difference you could see would be good enough. But before long, you'll throw away the difference everyone can see. I told my church last night I had men whose names are signed in my Bible. I have names, signatures of great men that I've respected. And they have not only thrown away their inward differences. They, I, I have one preacher's signature in my Bible. Uh, Brother Sammy Allen took care of it for me. Amen. I asked Brother Sammy to sign the Bible. He saw that guy's name after he walked away from the King James Bible. I, already, I had several pages for Sammy to sign on. But he said, I'm going to sign right here. Sign right over top of that guy's name. <laughs> Thank God for Sammy Allen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. His, his penmanship is still in my Bible. A man I used to respect, he's walked away from the King James Bible. He's still pastoring his church, walked away from the Word of God. You know what he did? He finally laid down his one physical separation. Oh, I'm still King James only. Outwardly, he'd get the meetings. I'm still King James only, but in his heart it was already gone. That, that, that difference. Young people, don't lose your difference. It's the only thing that separates you from the world. Those of you that aren't in this age group, don't lose your difference. It's the only thing that separates us from the world. The Bible says that God, that there would be people, God said through the Lord Jesus Christ, He said that He said that men would look on us and they would glorify our Father, which is in heaven. If you lose your outward difference, how are they going to glorify Him? Don't, don't claim to be a member of a church. Don't claim to uh, to be a Christian if you're not going to live a separated life. Yeah. If you're going to dishonor the Savior with your life, don't even claim to be a Christian. Yeah. Can I just insert this while I'm here? Don't leave a track on the table if you're not going to act like a Christian and leave a good tip to yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't criticize the waiter on your food and leave a track or say, hey, I'd like to invite you to Beacon Baptist Church. No, you're not. Amen. Over my dead body. Don't, don't let your difference. Don't let your difference be dethroned. Samson laid his head. Because he loved Delilah, because he loved a picture of the world, he laid his head in the lap of Delilah and allowed her to shear off the last difference he had. It caused our discernment to be dimmed, caused our difference to be dethroned, and lastly, it caused his death to be devalued. Do you realize that the death of a Christian, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, the psalmist said, the, the precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I got a call this morning, not from my church, but from my home church. My pastor, Brother Joey Wampler, I called him. I was calling him about maybe preaching a meeting for us. And uh, I asked him, I said, Preacher, how have you been? You had a good day so far? He said, Brother, I'll be honest with you, it's been a rough morning. A lady that I grew, I, I, mean, I grew up in the church with her there, a sweet lady, precious lady of God, about 80 years old. A couple days ago, had a mild heart attack. They said, well, we can fix it. We can put a heart cast in it. You'll be fine. In the middle of the heart cast, she had a massive heart attack and went home to be with the Lord. He was with the family right after he, he just left the family when I called me. But can I report this to you? As sad as that is, and as, as sad as it is for Miss Shirley to be gone, I'm thankful she's in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. But as sad as it is for her to be gone, 
One of the, th one of the first things I said, even her own daughter put on Facebook, we're, we're sad, but we're joyful. The, the death of a Christian is supposed to be different. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be something that's glorious. I, 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 when I got that call, I looked over at my wife and I said, "Well, I said that's sad, but she's better now." Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know the life she lived, and, and it's amazing to see someone die in faith. Samson, despite all of his problems, was a Christian. He followed the Lord. He was saved. Amen. He loved the Lord. He was God's man. He made bad decisions, but he was God's man. His death was not was not supposed to be was not supposed to be wrapped in failure. But he died as a failure. He was God's judge. He was God's he was God's man. But in his death, he did not glorify the Lord on the way to it. Now, I know he killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. Praise God for God's mercy. Amen. Praise God that God still has the last say. But Samson should not have died. He should not have died in the camp of the Philistines. He should not have died as a blind man. Samson should have died in old age as the greatest judge that Israel had ever had. Or he should have died in a place of glory in a battle fighting for the cause of their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how his death should have been. But yet we see him grinding in the prison house as a blind man praying to God, God, help me have one more impact for you. Can I ask you this as I close and I'm done with this? Can I ask you this? Are you going to live your life praying that God might could do something with the mess that you're making of your life? When it, comes time, when it comes time for you to die, are you going to hope, God, please let me make one more difference out of all the mess that I've made? Or are you going to live a consistent life? You're going to throw down your relationships of rebellion and let God move in a mighty way. You know what the cure for this was? You know what we see Samson doing more than he's ever done? When the Bible uses the phrase, he uses it several times in those three chapters, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. In those verses that I read, those chapters that I've made that I've made reference to, every time he was forming a relationship or rebellion, you know what phrase was just mysteriously absent? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. While he's forming relationships of rebellion, the Spirit of the Lord was completely removed from being all his life. Let me ask you, is the Spirit of God on your life? If I were to look out in this crowd and point in any general direction and ask you to pray, could you? Would it be a hypocritical just going through the motion saying some kind of religious cliches? Or would you really get in touch with heaven? The Bible does say we ought to be able to pray without ceasing. And that's exactly what that means. You ought to be able to pray at a moment's notice. And get a hold of heaven. Or would there be a lot of confessing you'd have to do? If there is, you've got relationships of rebellion. Whatever they are. I'm not talking about just a physical boy-girl relationship. There, you can have a relationship with anything in this life outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a relationship of rebellion. If it hinders your relationship with Him, it's a relationship of rebellion. It'll cause your spiritual discernment to be dim. It'll cause your, your difference to be dethroned. And it'll cause your death to be devalued. When it's time for me to go, I want, I want God to be able to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I want the 
church that I've pastored to know. My pastor lived a life, lived a life that was consistent with the cause of Christ and the Word of God. He did everything he, he could to warn those that were coming behind him of God's wrath and God's love and salvation full and free. I, I, want, I want people to see my relationship with the Lord and not a relationship of rebellion. Church, let's do business with God. Amen. I know, I know that's kind of a stern message. Amen. I, I know that. But we don't need to have church today until we've laid down these relationships and rebellion. You won't hear anything a preacher says unless you get rid of some of those things. Amen. Preacher, I'm done. Thank you for the opportunity. Amen. Samson got so used, so used to the hand of God being on him being normality. The Bible said in the text in chapter 16 that he went out like every other time he went out. He shook himself. He's got used to the hand of God being on him. Taking it for granted that God's going to keep blessing him. God's going to keep. But you cannot mess around with the flesh and God keep blessing you. Cannot get out of the will of God and God finally not take his hand of power off of you. And the Bible says here, and he wist not that the Lord had departed from you understand there's some things, there's some things that Samson never saw until he lost his eyes. Imagine in that grinding house, his eyes put out, he began to reflect back on his life. And said, would to God I'd have stayed away from the heart. Would to God I'd have never looked at Delilah. Would to God I'd have listened to my parents. Would to God I'd have felt more in love with the hand of God on me than the hand of a woman on me. Would to God that I would have valued that the God, God gave Samson, Samson, something, Samson, Samson something he never gave any other man. I don't believe that Samson looked like this muscular guy just, just I mean, full of muscle and strength. He looked like any other man. That's why they looked at him and thought, how? Just looked like a normal guy, just like me and you. <laughs> Nothing strong looked about him. His strength was in God. Amen. And it ought to be when people first look at us, they look and say, there's nothing great about them. Then they watch your life and say, well, there's a greater power on them than I've ever seen. You may look at a preacher and he comes to the pulpit and you think, well, what's he going to preach? And God's hands on him. And you look at him and thought, man, why God? God will delight in using us. We delight in his hand being on us. Did not even know that the Lord had departed from him. Some of you young men, God's called you to preach. You better stay away from the flesh when God takes his hand off you. Preachers, we better stay away from the flesh. We get so used to God blessing us and blessing our churches. And we can think back in the pulpit, no matter what condition we're in, we stepped up and prayed enough, God, and God seemed to bless us. And listen, God, God is long-suffering. Yeah. There comes an end to God's long suffering. Right. Didn't even know the Spirit of the Lord depart from. Thank you, Brother Josh, for the blessing. Thank the Lord you know if God dealt with something in your heart, you do business with the Lord over that. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Oh,